content teams want to know who they are and make that not just about subjectivity. They want it to be data-driven. They want to be able to, you know, look at their CEO in the face. The CMO wants to look at the CEO in the face as, you know, what did we spend on content? Was it successful? What are we going to do this year? How are we making those decisions? And they want to be able to do it with a straight face. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Podium Stories. Today, we have a very special guest. Uh, his name is Jeff Coyle. He's the co-founder and chief strategy officer of Mark's Muse. Jeff, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time. Oh, thanks so much. I'm looking forward to our discussion. Absolutely. So before I, we start into like your story and everything else, obviously, I, I know about Market Muse, but for the audience that is listening and might not have uh, too much context, can you give us a 30-second, one-minute elevator pitch so that they get uh, an idea, 10,000 feet of what you guys are working on? Yeah, absolutely. So Market Muse is a content intelligence platform where it sets the standard for content quality. Um, so what we're able to do is analyze content and tell you what it's about, tell you how to make it better from the lens of quality comprehensiveness and expertise. And we map that to common workflows that content marketers, CMOs, demand gen experts, writers, editorial teams care about. So most commonly, what should I be writing about? What should I be updating? How much money do I need to invest in content to make a meaningful impact on my business? Where do I have strengths? Where do I have gaps? Um, and we bring all those together into workflows that align teams so that you're not making decisions only based on subjectivity and hunches. You got data behind it. So I like to say, you know, the, it, in an elevator pitch, I'm either saying I'm trying to rid the world of bad content or I'm trying to create a why for your content. Um, because a lot of teams, they just suffer from a lack of confidence because they don't have that why. Someone says, why'd you write that article? I don't know. Uh, or they're <laughs> using old, they're using old data points um, that, you know, They've, they're setting their watch to something that isn't yielding success. Uh, most commonly, that is, you know, trend information, search demand, or other types of things. When it really needs to be focused on how we can put our best foot forward as a business. Um, tell the story that we're experts and that we care about our users or we care about our, you know, prospect audience. Um, and when teams do that, it's just fun because they all get aligned and, uh, no longer, you know, operating marketing in silos. So I love that. I love that. Uh, I cannot wait to dive super deep into that and talk about how you guys have to leverage AI to get there. Uh, but before we do all that, uh, Jeff, can you tell me the your background and how you got here? What's the Jeff's origin story that led you to co-found uh, Mark News? Cool. So the um, the seventeen hour version we're gonna get now. The uh, the quick version. <laughs> to, uh, so I um. I've been in this space, content strategy, uh, demand gen, lead generation, product management, search engine optimization, you know, now for about 23 years, as scary as that sounds. Um, so when I was at, I went to school at Georgia Tech, um, originally, originally from the Northeast, moved down to Georgia Tech, went down to the Georgia coast. Now I'm in Florida, uh, where a lot of founders end up, as I know you are. Um, yep. And the... Um, I was really interested in the the early versions of search engines, um, and I was in computer science, so I was also building user my, my focus area was usability theory um, and user interface design, user interface software. Um, but I also did some work with text search, basic text search, intranet 
search engine stuff, you know, super basic stuff. Um, now, a relative. Um, and I started working for a company called Knowledge Storm. So Knowledge Storm was a company who was selling leads to software companies mm-hmm. based on people reading content. And what content meant was like brochureware, uh, right. white papers. Uh, we were convincing big companies to have content on the web, as scary as that sounds, where right. like selling them that content mattered, you know, was a thing. Right. Um, and then we were acquired in 20. And so in that time, we were acquired in 2007 by Tech Target, who's a major publisher of B2B technology mm-hmm. information, as well as some consumer content. Um, the reason why I tell that part of the story and why it's relevant to market me is because when, you know, we were crushing it, we were generating millions of leads per month for thousands of customers at, at, at a knowledge storm. But Tech Target had this special thing. They had an editorial team. They had a bunch of writers who were experts in their field. And I was coming in saying, you should go write about these things. And they were saying, what do you know about that, right? So in that time period, I was able to both create products um, that were website products that um, made our publishing sites more successful. But also I was able to learn all the manual processes that traditional writing teams and editorial teams suffer against. And in that time, just like realizing, you know, 30 hours of research went into building this list of this topic model, or we're manually building briefs at, you know, for many hours, and they're not very comprehensive. They're not even used very well. They're not adopted. We're publishing content that's low quality. And so I noticed that all these things were happening on not just this, these teams, we were working on improving them. We were doing them manually, right? right. Improving those things manually. Um, but every team had the same problem. Um, and at the end of that uh, experience at Tech Target, I met my now co-founder. Um, he had built the earliest versions of Market Muse's technology. And what it does is it goes out, reads a bunch of texts and says what it's about, examines what it would mean to be an expert on a concept, and then allows you to juxtapose that against what you've done at the page level, the section level, or at the site level. And um, I was amazed by it. I was one of the earliest kind of larger customers at, at Market News because it instantly worked. Um, and then I left them to go work at a private equity firm for a little bit, do some consulting. Um, and Aki, my, my co-founder, came back and he goes, Jeff, you're the person that knows all these workflows right. and the market. You know, I'd been in the search space for, at that time, you know, 15, 16 years. Um, he's like, will you join as a late co-founder? And I said, what's a late co-founder? And he's like, you know, I get paid. and I'm like, sweet. Right. You're like, yeah, uh, let's, let's do it. it. Yeah, let's go. Um, you know, I got this awesome set of consulting clients over here and it's, it's going really well. It's very, or I can just jump off the bridge for, uh, and, and take, take the hugest risk possible. Um, and now, yeah, that's eight, almost eight years, uh, seven and a half ish years. And, where we created a category of content intelligence. Uh, you know, content teams want to know who they are and make that not just about subjectivity. They want it to be data driven. They want to be able to, you know, look at their CEO in the face. The CMO wants to look at the CEO in the face. Is, you know, what did we spend on content? Was it successful? What are we going to do this year? How are we making those decisions? And they want to be able to do it with a straight face. Um, and we're realizing that as we're able to, you know, sell into large B two B tech companies publishers, big agencies, as well as, you know, one and two person shops that just want to make sure that they, you know, are publishing great content every time. Right. I love that. 
I know that you guys talk about how you guys live in the intersection between SEO, content strategy, and AI. Uh, what does that intersection look like, right? How much is AI? How much is content strategy? How, how are you guys able to balance both? And how do you see AI playing a role in, in how involved our daily lives as content marketers should, should be? Well, no, I mean, gosh, it should be. It, 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 I think it forces us to think about content differently. It forces us to think about it as a mass. You know, one of the most common search engine optimization mistakes, um, there's a lot of them, and I, I talk about them a lot, uh, but one of them is thinking about content only at one stage of the content's life cycle, um, right. whether it's post-publish updating, right? Whether it's our SEO team does an SEO edit after they get a draft. You've seen that one before, the dreaded SEO edit. Or um, we all have our own inputs, each of the team's input, right? To create this you know, smorgasbord of touching. But what that actually does is it decreases trust down the road. So the way that um, teams can really introduce artificial intelligence is understanding that today they might have manual processes. That's where I like to start. What are their manual processes? Throw your job security out the window. I don't care if you think you want to do this because you want to have this job forever. Your manual process is killing our company. No matter what it is, if it is manual, it's killing our company. So let's document that. The next one is rule-based. Um, so dogmatic rules. So what are those rules? Internal perspectives of uh, you know historical dogma. It's always been this way, thus it will be this way, right? Or rules like um, if thens, I say the, the, the enemy of AI is the if then statement, right? Um, so if what other, what if, if then statements do you, does your company live by? Um, mm -hmm. A common one is in customer profiling, right? We should only talk to companies that are above 200 employees, right? right. If the company is above 200 employees, then call them, then. right? Okay. Guess what? It isn't the right choice. It's just the choice you thought was the right choice and the best you could do. So right. inventory all of those, right? Now start thinking about stuff you don't think is predictive for your organization. What, what do you think is just kind of guessing, right? right. Or right. you get what you get. I'll, I'll give you some examples, you know, social media, paid social, uh, pay-per-click, um, content efficiency, which is how much content do we publish? How much of it is successful? Well, do you think content's a crapshoot? If you think content's <laughs> a crapshoot, you're the candidate. The if you think, going well. Yeah. You, know what, you know what I'm saying? If, you're, if you think SEO uh, is slow, if you think it's not scientific, if you think it's um, a black box, you know? <laughs> so just think about the list of things you think are uh, fuzzy. Right. That's where AI can help you. It's make those things not fuzzy. Because the cool thing about it is fuzzy's good. Now, fuzzy went out of favor before AI. And I, I love to use this example, right? A lead qualification. <coughs> Excuse me. So if you're doing lead qualification based on if-then statements, like I just mentioned, mm -hmm. over 200, whatever. Well, who are you forgetting about? You're forgetting about your entire CRM, all the data you have about historic customers all the inputs and feedback you have from your sales team or from your product team on usage, 
or from your customer success team or your professional services team, right? Well, you're saying, if it is X, then do Y. Well, you're leaving all these people out, all right? So enable them to bring in all their data and use all of it to try to build potential models that coach you on who the true customer, best customers are, who are the true red flags, right? right. Then what happens? Everyone feels like they've made an impact. And so right. the gray actually becomes good because it's not a, if then statements have so much error in them. And this is what AI is training us to do is to say, there is no real perfect, you know, way. It's a collective of data from a lot of different places used to train uh, various models so that we can be more predictive as a business. And I, I can't that. do that without people getting that they got to get their if then statements out of the box. And that's, right. it's hard. It's hard for people when, you know, when they've written the other, the other thing that it does, does and I'll, this is one of my secrets, right? It actually values the person with the most expertise. So your editorial person, your editorial person's hunches may be your best overall solution, decision. Um, and oftentimes it ends up being the person who wants to make the right choices, ends up having validation for their um, solution. So long way of answering this question. I'll just use an example. Editorial team says, I want to write about this. SEO team says, no way, man. There's no search volume on that, <laughs> right? Uh, crash, burn, right? Writing team says, oh, man, that stuff's really expensive to write. Well, what if they all came together and the editorial person said, I want to write about this? Yeah. SEO team says, this, this has a great opportunity for us, um, right? And here's why, right? And those are the types of ways that it works together. When you hang your hat on, one data point, um, or it, it just stunts innovation. It makes people feel less valued. Um, and what if that editorial leader never had to submit that article for an SEO edit because they already knew what they should write before they right. put pen to paper? That writer now feels more trusted. It feels like they right. have more value to the business. I mean, it just changes the way teams work. Um, and, and, and then what if your hit rate on content goes up from 10% to 30%. Um, nothing's worse than being a writer and writing 10 articles and only one of them is successful. And your CES CMO goes, well, content's a crapshoot. You can't control those things. And right. That's everyone. And yeah. that can be predictive. That can be predictive tomorrow. And that's what I, you know, kind of, that's what I, that's how I set my watch is you got to get predictive. I take teams from 10% to 40, 50%. It changes I love that. It makes them love content. And, uh, and then SEO, SEO follows, you know? It, it's very interesting. I, I've been personally throughout my, my career in each spot of that chain, right? I've been the writer, I've been the editor. Now as a CEO, I'm the one that hires the writers and the editors. Uh, so it's a very interesting place to be in. And I think it comes down to the mindset of how you look at AI, right? Like if you think of AI, it's, it's coming to like take my job and take away my creativity then it falls on that dark side, but the way we should look at it is it's in a different way. Um, I, I wanted to ask you about how early do you think we're in the AI cycle when it comes to content marketing? Are we at the early stages of 
Market News and a couple of different companies that I know that work in AI are the pioneers of these movements that we're going to see later on. Uh, or how much room for expansion do we have? How do you see the future with AI and, and marketing? Yeah, you asked the right person this question. This is like my job to know the answer to this question. Right. So, um, so we are, we're early. So I, I like to think of growth curves in pr product maturity or market maturity. We are early in the overall perspective of content strategy and intelligence. Um, but what we've seen recently is a, a spike in an unknown area of growth opportunity um, in the generation field. So, uh, and I'll, I'll bring that. So that, that was basically like old wild, wild west, early stage. What that has done though, has potentially set content strategy back a bit. And there's going to be a refactoring uh, for the second half of this year, next year, maybe even the year after. <clears throat> what I mean by that is a lot of people who don't have content strategy, content marketing backgrounds, see AI as a way to jump to the end. Oh, I see what you mean. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, or they see it as a shortcut to the whole infrastructure. Um, guess what? That doesn't work out very well right. in the end. It doesn't work out very well in the end if you perceive that on day one, that self-driving car is worth sitting in the back and just saying like, you know, put the pedal to the metal, let's go, bro. Because right. guess what? There, you know, there's a lot of work yeah, that needs to be done, right? And there's always going to be some other pieces of that um, that are needed. Maybe that's not the best analogy because I do believe that under some constraints that self-driving cars will exist, there's always going to be some things that it can't, they can't handle, uh, yeah. right? Um, they also require everybody else to be in self-driving cars because, you know, uh, and they have ethical problems uh, yeah. because how do they make decisions about who to hit in a Sophie's, yeah. choice, in a Sophie's choice situation, right? So um, the other piece though is the... Um, in content that influenced the market. So the way I always like to describe the market maturity on content is like the first time you ever got a spell checker, it didn't work very well. You were like, this thing stinks. It'll never work. Now, can right. you imagine writing without spell check? Okay. No, I mean, come on. It's, that's negligence. 100%. So that's, that, that's right. a saturated market maturity element. Then you see Grammarly and Hemingway and voice and tone evaluators the first time you use those they were terrible oh my gosh i can't this is right. this thing is never going to tell me how to improve my grammar now can you imagine writing without grammarly or right. coming away right. i mean i have it everywhere <laughs> grammarly is plugged into my slack i mean right. i don't even send a slack that's grammatically incorrect i mean imagine writing without that assistance i think it's negligence that means it's saturated so right. then when we started market muse we were giving people insights on how to improve content from the lens of expertise and quality. When people first looked at it, they were like, this stinks. This never works. This will never work. Why? They just never experienced that. They then said, oh, is this just a trick to, you know, you know, game Google? Right. And then the market maturity evolves. Now they realize, oh, it's not. It actually is a way to make my content better. 
more comprehensive, more differentiated from my competitors. All right. So from that, that is getting into saturation. People realize that they need this, right? They need somebody to give them insights, editorial blind spots, expertise blind spots. Now the journey. So that's the saturated point. The trick is when something goes to saturation, what do you get? You get copycats. You get bad versions of it. You get the self-driving car from the company who right. you know hasn't couldn't doesn't make a nice car at all. Should not be putting the, the a self-driving car at still, all. The wheels still suck. So that and they're making con they're making uh, content improvement solutions that are actually focused on the wrong things or their right. ways to. They kind of feel the same. They're giving you, you know, copy. Here's right. a way you copy your number one competitor. Uh, don't do that, by the way. That's a super bad idea. Um, especially if they're powerful and you're not. It's a, it's a right. surefire way for you to destroy your company. Um, people do it all the time. They pay $3,000 for courses by thought <laughs> leaders who tell who tell them to copy their copy Amazon. And then they're like, hey, why didn't this work? Anyway, I digress. Um, so now wh where's that going? Like the, 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 where the, the journey is, it's making great decisions for content operations with AI and then decision-making, predictive return on investment. So the frontier that hasn't yet been hit on is improvements, AI, using AI to improve content operations all around right. from briefing, uh, project management, everything. And then also... Uh, predictive decision-making business intelligence. I love that. And then the wild card is that generation wild right. west, right? When is that going to be relevant? Because guess what? The answer to that question is not skip, skip decision-making, right. skip operations, and just get drafts and then improve them. The answer is not that. Um, and there's a lot of reasons why. If you think the answer is that, you're going to have a really hard future. Um, if your business is doing stuff that's not putting its best foot forward, history shows that's going to be a problem. What is right. that history? 2011, Panda update, Google, go look right. it up. Penguin update, go look it up. And I, I'm you know, using Google updates and esoteric terms. One of them was about content quality. The other one was about link quality. If you think you can shortcut the content infrastructure one would need to exhibit expertise and just get that out of a generation solution, you're going to make critical mistakes that you wouldn't have normally made. You might get a few good content out the door. You might grow for a while, but it's going to catch up to you because right. you're, you're doing things in an unnatural way. So treat if you're going to use generation, treat it like it's an outsourcer you've never met. Right. right. I love that. Would you publish something from an outsourcer you never met? You'd found them on the street and they <laughs> said, you know, you're, you're, you're walking down Miami beach. You're like, Hey, do you write? Okay, cool. You're like, sure, you, you're you're going to put that, you're going to put that on your homepage. If, if right. you do that, you're going to get what's coming and that's what's happening right now. So it, it's made, it's, it may set back the SEO industry for a while. It may set back the content strategy industry for a while if it is negligently done but right. in the end the insights that we will glean from that application of artificial intelligence will create 
the next big thing. The next Maybe. big thing, though, isn't generation. It's functions that get improved because we can do those things. I love it's that. really, really tuned implementations. And it's a very exciting space, right? Uh, like I I'm for myself have like a reminder every quarter in the sign to like test different tools and see how they have evolved because I don't want to fall behind. And I think marketers shouldn't, should keep their eyes open and not fall behind, but use it in the right ways, like you're saying. Uh, I know we're approaching the top of the hour, Jeff, but uh, I have one more question. You mentioned before that you have created that category of content intelligence. Um, and this is something that I personally believe in, in my agency, basically at its core, this is what we do. We help create categories for content. How, how do you help you guys approach or how do you guys think and strategize about content intelligence is what we all want to own and pioneer. Uh, it, has this been something that you guys have found or was it a premeditated strategy of we're going to create this category and open this up and lead this thing forward? We, ex we made the decision to create the category um, overtly, uh, realizing it was a major gap, realizing that that was a harder path. Right. Um, and, and then, so initially it was content optimization, right? Mm -hmm. And then it was kind of content strategy. And so we created the category in that content strategy um, really didn't have clarity in the market. Content intelligence really doesn't have clarity in the market. Um, it still kind of doesn't. It's a very, it's early stage, but um, content optimization market was um, complex, um, but nobody was really doing it well. Um, now that market is the kind of the breeding ground for people to get into other stages of the content's life cycle. Um, if you look at the market, the way that it works, a lot of times you will enter there in optimization and then you'll go into somewhere else. Some people are going into generation. Some people are going into operations with things like briefs. We were the first person to sell a brief as software. Right. Um, that. So that was that flow. And, and now, you know, some of them are going to go towards the route of, you know, uh, automation generation components. Some are going to go towards uh, ops and some will go towards business intelligence. Some all three. Right. Uh, who knows? Uh, and yeah. then what you're going to find is that the, um, the major disruption comes to uh, the major disruption comes to CMSs as well as SEO. Um, mm -hmm. So it it's the where is that race going to go? That's what right. I think about. I don't know. Is it going to be that um, traditional enterprise SEO has to change first? Is it going to be that CMS has changed first? Is right. it going to be someone else that we haven't thought of, um, you know, recognizes that the ROI on content needs to be the North Star. Right. Um, and the faster a Salesforce or a Microsoft or a, um, you know, one of Oracle even, recognizes that all their customers spend oodles of money on content and don't know it's ROI. 
Right. Okay. That's my bone. It's the only segment right. remaining where there's that much spending without any predictive knowledge and without super, super clear understanding of ROI. And there's a reason for it. It's because you can't do it only at the page level. Right. And that stumps the heck out of uh, traditional marketers. Um, and so I'm filling that gap. I love it. Uh, Jeff, I think we could talk about this for hours and we definitely need to do a part two. Uh, but I for think sure. this is a good place to end it where we leave some questions about where the market is going. I think this is the perfect place. Uh, for everybody listening, uh, we're going to put uh, Jeff's LinkedIn. We're going to put Mike's news website uh, below. Please check that out. Uh, we're going to, as an agency, we're going to check it out as well. Because cool. uh, I think it's very interesting. Uh, and thank you guys for listening. Jeff, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time. Awesome. Yeah. Jeff at marketmuse.com. Uh, and I'm very active on Twitter, Jeffrey underscore coil. Um, and I, I answer everything. So cheers, man. I love it's been, it. about, been a pleasure. Awesome. Um, my pleasure. Uh, for everyone else, we'll see you next time.